Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, if you have your Bible with you tonight, let's go to Luke chapter 4 and uh, verse 18. And uh, I want to continue with this that uh, we started on Sunday, anointed for authority. And uh, we, we, we had been speaking about poor old Job, and we'll get back to him. But, uh, you know, I'm noticing something in the season that we're in. And, and uh, Pastor Michelle and I were talking about it today. And, and I hear... Um, let me say it this way. What I don't hear a lot is ministers talking and preaching about the things that are going to cause the church to grow. And, and I'm not saying that everybody's that way, but what I'm saying is, is, is I hear a lot of people getting taken off over into political issues and, and conspiracy theories and all these different things. And... Uh, uh, there, there's ministry that has to continue. The job of the church doesn't change. The, the job of the local church doesn't change. It's still to mature the saints for the work of the ministry. You know, everybody that said the world was going to end last year, well, they missed it. I mean, we're still, we're still here, praise God. And so we're in that place where Jesus said, we have to occupy till he comes. We have to do business until he comes. And uh, it's not the time to do less. It's the time to do more. You know, when the, when the Lord said to my wife and I, when he said, well, you think you're busy now? Just wait. Well, you know, as the head goes, so goes the body. So he's talking to the ministry. You think, you think the ministry's busy now? Just wait, because there's a lot to do. He said this facility was not big enough to hold the people that he wanted to bring, and we were not to withhold and hold off on looking for that special place, right? But here's, here's the point, is that it's, it's not the time to draw back. It's not the time to do less. It's time to be forward-thinking and have a vision for where God wants the people of God to go. Amen. And so Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, uh, we read this Sunday morning, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me uh, to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And we said that Jesus was anointed for a purpose. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him and anointed him for a purpose. And then he lists the things that he was anointed to do. Preach the gospel, uh, uh, the, to heal the brokenhearted, to release the captives, so on and so forth. So when we begin to talk about authority and anointed for authority, uh, we're going to get into more about our authority over the enemy uh, as, as we move forward. But we've got to lay some foundation about authority. And there's so much that I believe God's trying to show us about authority because, uh, you know, I, I believe that other men, Brother Hagin, I believe he left the earth before he got it all out. Uh, Charles Capps, if you listen to Charles Capps teach for any length of time, he taught a lot about authority. He taught a lot about the kingdom system. And I believe he left the earth before he got it all out. And, you know, revelations, just like anointings, don't leave the earth. They stay in the earth. Somebody's got to pick them up. Uh, a good friend of mine that pastors in Iowa, he had a, a, a supernatural vision one time. And uh, uh, in this vision, he saw an angel. And an angel had these utterances, these revelations that God wanted the, the people in the earth to get. And he was taking them and offering them to different people. And those people were not receiving them. They weren't picking them up. Amen. 
everything in every revelation has to be picked up and shared with the next generation. And it's not just the same, it's the same revelation, but there's deeper aspects of it. There's more to it. Amen. Uh, when Pastor Caldwell, when the Lord began to reveal to him things about ownership, you know, the first thing, I, I remember talking to him about that, and he said the first thing he understood was nobody understood what he was saying. And he, he talked to me about even calling a close friend of his and talking to him about ownership and what the Lord had said to him about ownership. And the man said, well, man, go own something, I guess. I mean, you know, and he said, he said, nope, nobody understood what I was saying about ownership. Well, when he said that to me, I immediately got everything he had on ownership and thought, I'm going to, I'm going to understand it. That's my part of my job is to pick up that revelation and make sure this generation hears it. Well, he taught a lot about authority. Pastor taught a lot about authority. He taught a lot about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven's operating system. Amen. And so my point in saying that is so I went back and I thought, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen because the Lord told me one time, if you stay with your fathers, you'll stay safe. If you stay with their revelation, you will stay safe. Amen. Amen. The problem that we have so much of the time is people are trying to reinvent the wheel and reinvent things when they just need to stay with what's already been put in the earth and God will use it to set people free. Amen. Amen. Uh, As ministers, we have to be less concerned about somebody thinking our revelation is great and make sure that they get the revelation. Amen. Amen. In Hebrews 1, here's where we'll start. Hebrews chapter 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because, you know, and and I'll say this, you you can read through the Bible and find where revelations were lost, where, where people lost the light that they had. When you, when you read the account of, of Hannah taking Samuel to, to the temple, to Eli, it, when you read that, it, said, it says there was no open vision. There was no vision. And, and it's, it's interesting that it says that, that the, the light in the tabernacle began to grow out, go out and that the eyes of Eli were dim and he couldn't see. There was no vision. It was being lost. There, there was nobody to proclaim the vision of God for those people. And God had to raise up Samuel, a boy, a child, to become the prophet to speak the revelation of God into that nation and into the earth. God will always raise people up that are going to say what needs to be said at the time. Amen. Amen. But, but, but if, it's not, if it's not declared, it gets lost. And so here in Hebrews 1 and verse 3, a familiar scripture speaking about Jesus, it says that He is the brightness of His glory, the Father's glory, the express image of the Father's person, Upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. One translation says, he is the copy of his being. Another says, he is an exact representation of his very being. Now, this is important because we have to look at the importance of authority. God's authority represents God Himself. The authority of God represents God Himself. God's power represents His act. All right? His authority represents His self. His power represents His act. All right? That's, that's, listen, there are people that don't understand authority that will talk about God's power. But if you don't understand God's, God's authority you won't ever operate in the power. Because the power represents His act. The authority represents Him. All right? This is where a lot of people miss it with authority. They want the power to flow without the authority. 
God's authority represents Himself. It represents God Himself. His power represents His act. Notice in John chapter 5, we touched on this briefly uh, Sunday morning. This in verse 22, John 5 and 22. Notice what it says. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment to the Son. That all men should honor the Son, notice this, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father that sent him. That word honor, there's two primary words for honor in the New Testament. This word honor means to ascribe worth to, to ascribe value to. Uh, The other word honor means to give glory or praise to. This word means to ascribe value to. And notice what it says. It says that the Father judges no man. He's committed all judgment to the Son. To commit judgment to someone is to clothe them with authority. They have the authority to make judgment. All right? And notice what he said. He said he did that so that all men would honor the Son. Well, we know they didn't. They were very dishonorable in a a large part. But notice what he said. This is important. He that doesn't honor the Son doesn't honor the Father. Hallelujah. If you don't honor God's authority, you don't honor God. Amen. Amen. God's authority represents His self. So notice, it says all men should honor the Son. So to honor the Son is to honor the Father. To dishonor the Son is to dishonor the Father. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus would say to dishonorable people, He would say, uh, you don't know the Father because you don't know me. If you knew me, you'd know my father. Isn't that what he said to Philip? Philip said, Master, show us the father. He said, Philip, have I been such a long time with you that you don't know me? When you've seen me, you've seen the father. I'm the exact representation of the father. And when you've seen me, you've seen him. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Now notice, verse 25 says, Truly I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in Himself, so has He given to the Son to have life in Himself, and hath given Him authority to execute judgment also, because He is the Son of Man. And we talked about that Sunday morning. But notice, Jesus came as the authority of God. Jesus came authorized to do certain things. He came anointed with authority. And the Bible says, remember the scripture? It says, He came unto His own, and His own did not receive Him. His own rejected Him. Here's the thing. When they rejected Jesus, who did they reject? The Father. Now, we see that all throughout the Scripture. We see that all throughout the Scripture. Samuel, the people come to God, or to Samuel, and they say, we want to be like all the other nations. We want to have a king over us. We want to have a ruler over us. And Samuel went through all this, the, the, what God had said, and he said, this is what's going to happen, and, and the king's going to take your daughters, and the king's going to take your sons, and he's going to take the best of this and the best of that. And the people said, well, we understand, but we still want a king. And Samuel was grieved over it. And the Lord said to Samuel, he said, don't grieve, Samuel. They've not rejected you. They've rejected me. Now, this is important. Why? They rejected the authority. Samuel was the authority in that nation. Israel was supposed to be a theocracy. It was supposed to be governed by God. And the people started looking around at everybody else 
and their kings and all the, the, the things that they had. And they said, you know, we don't want our governing system anymore. We want their governing system anymore. We want their governing system. And they rejected Samuel as the prophet, as the mouthpiece of God. And God said, they haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. Because you're my ordained authority in the earth. You're my ordained authority, amen, in this nation. And so the Bible says that God sent Jesus to execute and gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. So when Jesus came as the authority of God and they rejected Jesus, they rejected God. They rejected God's authority. This this is so important because I I have to understand that. To reject God's authority is to reject God. Hallelujah. That, 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 that doesn't change. When, look at Matthew 21. There's so much here. Matthew 21 and verse 23. And when he was coming to the temple, Jesus, the chief priest and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching. Notice this. And said, by what authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority? By what authority and who gave you this authority? And Jesus said to them, I'll ask you something. I'll ask you one thing. Which, if you tell me, I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John. Where did it come from? Heaven or men? Now, that's not just a Jesusism. All right? He said, notice, they reasoned with themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he'll say, why didn't you believe him? But if we say of men, we fear the people. For all hold John as a prophet. And they answered Jesus and said, we cannot tell. And he said, neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. Now, where was the answer? In the question. The baptism of John, was it of God? The answer is yes. So the answer is that's the authority that I'm doing this by. Is by the authority of God. Amen. I mean, they, they would hear Jesus teach and they would say things like, never a man spoke like this man. And then the next words out of their mouth, he's got a devil. Who's he think he is? So, so think about this. So in, in, in his own hometown, where the Bible says he could there do no mighty work, and people will say, well, it was because of their unbelief. It was, but what did they limit? His authority over sickness and disease and over the things that were plaguing their lives. Their unbelief in his authority limited God's authority in their life. Amen. Hallelujah. So the answer was in the question. Jesus is saying, my authority is from God. No no man anointed me with this authority. God anointed me with this authority. That's why he said in Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. God has anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. Amen. Sin... Against God's power is less serious than sin against His anointing or His authority. Sin against God's power is less serious than sin against His authority. And here's why. To sin against God's authority is to sin against God Himself. To sin against His power is less serious than to sin against His authority. Because remember, God's power represents His act. You know, when somebody says, that's not, it's not God's will to heal. Well, that's a sin against God's power. Because that's a lie. It is God's will to heal. Amen. But that's less serious than sinning against His authority. Because the authority represents God Himself. 
Hallelujah. Look at Acts chapter 5. See, if I don't understand authority, you, a person can preach and teach to people about the authority they have, but if I don't understand how to cause it to operate in my life at its full potential power, that's what we want. Amen? Amen. Acts 5, verse 1. Now, you know most of this, so we'll, we'll paraphrase some of it. Uh, they, they, Ananias and Sapphira bought brought part of the price of land that they had sold and they laid at the apostles' feet. And notice verse 3, Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? To lie, the word is to deceive, to lie or to deceive the Holy Ghost. Now wait one minute. I thought they laid the money at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, You're trying to deceive the Holy Ghost. You see this? It's not making much of a man. These men were the authority that God had ordained in that early church. And they thought they were just bringing and lying to a person. And Peter said, you're trying to deceive the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice verse 4. Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You've not lied to men. I I I thought he was talking to the apostles. I'm not trying to be just be redundant. I'm trying to show you something. These men were ordained to be the authority. When you sin against the authority, you sin against God. Peter said, you've lied to God, not to men, to God. Now notice, then, then, you know, he fell down dead. And great fear came on all them that heard these things, I guess so. And the young men rose, wound him up, carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came out. I don't know if she was getting her hair done or what, but. <laughs> but she came in and Peter said, Uh, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Peter said, how is it you've agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Hallelujah. They lied to Peter, yet Peter said they lied to the Holy Ghost. Peter was God's authority, and when they lied... To Peter, they lied to God. Hallelujah. Listen, think about this for a moment. If you were to lie to a state trooper, you're lying to the state of Arkansas. If you had to go to court for that infraction... It would not be trooper so-and-so versus you. It would be the state of Arkansas versus you. Is that right? Because his authority comes from the state. Hallelujah. Do you see that? And so... When somebody, and, and this, is, this is important where a leader is concerned, but if a believer lies to another believer, they're not just lying to that believer, they're lying to the Holy Ghost in that believer. That's why the Bible says don't lie, lie not. That, that's not just so you don't deceive somebody, it's dangerous. Lying is dangerous. It, it undermines your authority. If you lie, you can't operate authority. You can't exercise authority. You can't hold a position of authority. Authority has to be cultivated through trust. If you trust the authority, the authority can function in your life. 
But if the authority does something to undermine trust, hallelujah. Look, notice Isaiah 14. Let's look at Isaiah 14. Hallelujah. Am I helping you? Isaiah 14, verse 12. This is a familiar scripture, but it says, How are you fallen from heaven, Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground that did weaken the nations? You said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I'll be like the most high. Hallelujah. Now, then in Ezekiel 28, And verse 14, speaking of uh, Lucifer again, he says, You are the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God. You walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of you with violence, and you have sinned. Therefore, I'll cast you as profane out of the mount of God, and I will destroy you, covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You were corrupted by your wisdom. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. I'll cast you to the ground. I will lay you before kings that they may behold you. Isaiah stresses that Satan violated God's authority. Ezekiel stresses how Satan violated God's holiness. One emphasizes the violation of authority. The other, the violation of holiness. See, sinning is a matter of conduct. It's a matter of conduct. It's, it is easier to forgive than rebellion. Satan sinned, Lucifer sinned, but his sin was rebellion. See, sinning is a matter of conduct and it's easier to forgive than rebellion because rebellion is a matter of principle. It's a matter of principle. Now, when we say that, for instance, uh, a principle of human nature is this, a law of action in human beings. All right? It's, it's just that's the principle. All right? Human beings just react a certain way. All right? If a human being reaches and touches a hot stove, they move their hand. That's a principle. That's a law of action. You'll see that in most everybody. All right? Now, this is important because the act of sin was not the cause. It was the product of rebellion against authority. The act of sin was the product of rebellion against God's authority. Hallelujah. And when a person violates authority... We serve the principle of Satan. In other words, the law of action in Satan. We act like he acts. Hallelujah. This is so important. Because I've heard people say, well, well, you know, Satan is afraid of this and he's afraid of that. And, well, he is... But what he's more afraid of than anything is us being in subjection to the authority of Christ. To the, not, not exercising our authority in Christ, us being subjected to the authority of Christ. Amen. For instance, the, the devil's not so much afraid of us teaching the word. He's not afraid of me teaching that we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's afraid of you letting that be the authority in your life 
and letting that subject you and create you in the image of righteousness. That bothers him. That scares him. Because you're subjecting yourself to the authority of Christ. All right? When you say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you're coming under the authority of Christ. When you say, I'm a new creature, you're coming under the authority of Christ. See, somebody that's not under the authority of Christ will never function and operate in the authority of Christ. They'll never exercise the authority of Christ if they're not under the authority of Christ. And that's why we talk about guilt and shame and condemnation and these things being so deadly. They're so deadly because they are anti-authority. They are anti-what God said. When a believer says, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, they are saying, I am not subject to the authority of grace. I'm not subject to the authority of the new creaturehood. I am what I was even though God says I'm something else. See, that's anti-authority. If God says you are something, then you subject yourself to that authority and you declare that's what you are. Right? Well, I don't see that, but that's, that's not the issue. The authority says you are. To reject God's authority is to reject God. And so that's, that's why when somebody says, uh, uh, you know, for instance, what we were using, I'm just a failure, I'm just an old sinner. Well, they cannot expect certain things from God because they're not under His authority. You have to bring yourself under the authority of God. See, this, this is why if we don't understand authority, we can never properly with a full understanding understand how to operate in authority because there are people that are trying to take authority that are not under authority now they're not rebellious in the sense that they're causing a problem but anytime that you say you're something God said you're not that's rebellion against the word amen and, and you, you, can, you can love God, but if you love God, see, I, remember I said this about sin. Let me, let me say this real quick. I'm trying, trying to hurry and, and trying to take my time at the same time. That's a quandary. Um, <laughs> sinning is a matter of conduct. It's, it's easier to forgive than rebellion. So sinning is a matter of conduct. And, and very often we, we talk about if I love God, I won't sin. If you love God, you'll believe everything God said about you. If you love God, you'll just say amen to what He said about you. Even though I may not feel like it or see it or even understand it. But if I want to be in subjection to the authority of Christ. Amen. See, because... Lord, help me. The Great Commission is vital. We're, we're, we're supposed to get people saved as quick as we can. But here's something that, that, that I want to make sure that we understand. And, you know, if you disagree with me, you'll have to give me Bible. And you don't have any. Just trust me. <laughs> the Bible says, it doesn't say that we're just supposed to go win souls. It says we're supposed to go make disciples. Make disciples. Right? Well, to make a disciple, you got to teach them. So the church gets people saved, and then we disciple them in the things of God. Who they are in Christ. It's more than just not sinning. If you don't subject yourself to the authority of the Word, for instance, here's a, here's a verse that, that people, uh, not you, but other people look at me like, is that really in the Bible? It is. It says, whatsoever is born of God sinneth not, and the wicked one doesn't touch him. So what the Word says. Now, I can't tell you how many people I've quoted that verse to, and they would say, well, I still sin. So in other words, because I still sin and make mistakes, that eliminates that verse from meaning me. But if you're born again, you're born of God. 
Is that right? And it says, whatsoever is born of God does not sin. And the wicked one cannot touch him. Now, I know the Greek tense is doesn't go on habitually sinning. Well, that's fine with me too. That's great. But think about this. How many churches, how many people in churches say things like this? Well, you know, you just can't help but sin. Right? Just nothing you can do about it. I mean, we all fall short of the glory of God. You know, the Bible says we have all fallen short of the glory of God. It doesn't say we're all falling short. It says all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And I have and you have and everybody has. But that's, but that's not what you confess. The Bible says that that glory that we once fell short of now dwells in us by virtue of us being in Christ. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Is that right? And so in, instead of confessing, instead of saying things like, well, you know, I just can't help it. And you know, my flesh just runs away with me. No, 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 no. The Bible, the Bible says you mortify the deeds of your flesh in this earth. My point is, is even though you're saying it, what we say by faith, you're submitting yourself to the authority of God's Word. No, 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 no. I'm not going to make that mistake again in the name of Jesus because I'm born of God and whatsoever is born of God doesn't sin. The wicked one doesn't touch him. Amen. When someone says, I can't help but to sin, they rebel against the authority because Romans 6 says, sin shall not have dominion over you. Because you're not under law, but you're under grace. And it says, whosoever you submit your members to, his servant you are. And if you submit your members to, as instruments to sin, you'll sin. If you submit your, instruments as in, your, your members as instruments of righteousness, you'll be righteous. Here's the point. I've got a choice. He told me, I've got a choice. I make a choice who I submit myself to. Submit yourself to the Word and to the authority of the Word and victory will be the result. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. See, obedience to God's will is the greatest demand in the Bible. Remember Saul, and and I won't take the time to go there, he said, go destroy uh, Amalek. And he went and, and he did, I mean, he did destroy quite a few people, but he, he brought the best of the herds and, and the best of the cattle and the, and the lambs and the goats and, and brought the king back. And, and, and you'll remember, he said, I've obeyed the Lord, what means the bleeding of this sheep and so on and so forth. But here's the statement I want to get to. He said, obedience is better than sacrifice. And he said, rebellion was as the sin of witchcraft. Well, what that mean, what's that mean? It carries the same penalty. But isn't that interesting? That he mentions in one sentence with Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Hallelujah. Obedience to God's will. Now, now think about this. That can mean his specific personal will for you what you're supposed to do in your ministry and with your life, or His overall will for the believer. Obedience to God's will is the greatest demand in the Bible. If I want to be successful, quote, unquote, as a believer, I must be obedient to His will. Amen. Amen. Well, what, what does that mean? I call myself what He calls me. I talk about myself how he talks about me. I say about me what he says about me. If if a person does not believe they are in right standing with God, they will never exercise authority. Because that's the catalyst. Matter of fact, that's a good place even if you know it with all your being. Say it out loud. Say, I am right with God. I am bought with the blood. I am a new creature. Now you submit to that. You submit to that. Hallelujah. Because the enemy will say, well, you know, tomorrow you'll get up and you'll do the same thing. Amen. And what do you say? No, I don't have a desire to sin. I don't have a desire to sin. I'm dominating my flesh with my spirit. Amen. 
No, 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 no. The flesh isn't in charge, devil, and that's where sin comes from. The, 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 my spirit doesn't want to sin. My flesh wants to sin, and I'm just serving notice on you that your days of authority are over in my life, and my spirit has the ascendancy. Yes, sir. Well, what you're doing is you're pulling yourself under the subjection of the authority of God's Word. Yeah, but I just feel like I'm lying. You can't be lying, as Charles Capps would say, saying what God said. If God said it, you can't be lying. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we obey God's authority. And, and, and I, and I want to say this without emphasizing this one part too much. We obey God's authority in a man or in a woman. And, and I'll say this, and not the man. Now, you don't want to take that so too far. Because I've had people tell, I had one lady told me one time, uh, she wanted to help out in the church and everything, and she would always tell me, well, you know, I follow God, not man. And, you know, finally I just had to say, then you're not going to get very far. Because three times in the epistles, the apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He, he said, Paul said over and over again, when you submit your authority, your, yourself to the authority of the man or the woman or the person that God placed over you, you submit yourself to the authority of God. Now, I say that for a reason. The greatest demand of God on man is not to bear a cross. It's not to do service or make sacrifice and offerings or even to deny themselves. It's to obey. That is the greatest demand of God on a man is to obey. Hallelujah. And, 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 and understand what I mean by that. That means you obey the word. And people say, that's right, I don't sin. There's more to obeying the word than just not sinning. Amen. Not sinning is a given for a believer. Or it should be. <laughs> Amen. You understand? When some, listen, when somebody twists the word and they say, well, you know... Uh, uh, God knows we're going to sin and, you know, it's inevitable and that's why there's grace. That is a lack of submission to the authority of God's Word. That's taking something that's a truth in the Word and trying to make it the truth. Yes, we do have grace, thank God. But grace is God's power and God's ability for us to live above sin. Amen. Not to get out of jail free when we sin. Amen. Am I helping you? Yes, that, that twists the truth. Amen. But when you say, when you say, no, 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 I'll not do that because His grace is sufficient for me. Amen. And when I'm weak, He's strong. And His power is made perfect in my weakness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm not looking for a reason to sin. I'm looking for a way to overcome it. Glory to God. See, now I'm submitting myself to the authority of God's Word. And then I can exercise authority. Oh, glory. Hmm. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And here's why. Because in sacrifice, there is the element of self-will. There's the element of self-will. Obedience is better than sacrifice. In, in other words, Saul wanted to make a sacrifice. He didn't want to obey. And, and there, there are people that, are try, that try to work They'll try to work in church or work for God or work and do a good job and do some sacrifice without obedience. That's what Jonah did. We say he ran from God. Well, but you know, he was nonetheless, he was no less a prophet, but he didn't obey. You can do 42 things in the church and if you're not obeying what God told you to do, you're just sacrificing. Mm, hallelujah. Well, I do this. Yeah, but you haven't done that yet. Yeah, but I'm helping over here. Yeah, but you haven't done that. See, that's what God keeps bringing you back to. This is what's going to produce freedom. This is what's going to turn things around. Amen. Amen. Luke, uh, Luke uh, 22, Luke 22, and I, I'm going to hurry because uh, uh, 
I've got to get into these keys in, in operating authority. Luke 22, and you'll remember in verse 42, Jesus was praying and he said, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. The death of Jesus is the highest expression of obedience to authority. Not my will, your will. We're called to fulfill God's will. God's will for my life. That's what I'm called to fulfill. That's what you're called to fulfill. Now, that's in my personal will and what he said in his word. You are to be as much the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as you can. And, and here's the thing. You are completely righteous. There's not one part of you that's not righteous. Well, but I feel bad about myself. It's because you've not submitted to that righteousness. That's what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He was talking about the Jewish people and he said they have went about trying to set up their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves to the righteousness which is of faith. And people need to quit worrying about feeling righteous and just submit to the authority that they are righteous. Amen. Amen. In, in order to operate in authority, I have to, number one, number one, I have to have a spirit of obedience. I'm going to give you three of these real quick. Number one, I have to have a spirit of obedience. If uh, I won't go to all the verses, but I'll hit some of them in Ephesians 2. In Ephesians chapter 2 and uh, verse 2. It says, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So to operate in authority, I have to have a spirit of obedience. A spirit of obedience. Uh, Number two, I have to practice obedience. Practice obedience. Amen. Romans 6 and 19. The Apostle Paul said, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. As you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity to iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. I need to practice obedience. Being obedient to what God said. You know, that... that, That requires practice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To to be obedient to what the Lord asked of me. I have to practice that. Uh, Number three, learn to exercise delegated authority. That's why, and, and we won't take the time to go there. You can write it down, Matthew 8, 5 through 10. The centurion told Jesus, he said, I'm a man under authority. And I tell one to come and he comes. I tell another to go and he goes. I tell this one to do this and he does it. And he said, because of that, in light of that, if you just speak the word, my servant will be whole. This man understood delegated authority. Now, that's where we're going to get to eventually is in exercising our delegated authority. But if you don't have a spirit of obedience and practice obedience, you'll never operate in delegated authority. There are things that hang on in believers' lives because they're not missing it in the authority realm. They have the authority, but they can't exercise it because they're missing it in one of the other areas. If you're not obedient to God's Word, you can't exercise authority. And very often, again, we talk about, well, sin. You know, well, yeah, if you're walking in sin. Well, yeah, or if you're walking in unrighteousness. Or if you're walking in condemnation. You'll never operate your authority walking in condemnation. Because condemnation is the, is the judging sense of guiltiness. It's always you pointing the finger at you. And when you're walking in guilt and you're walking in shame and you're walking in defeat, you'll never operate authority. And so what I have to do is be obedient and submit myself to what God said. This, this is what He said. That's why we talk about 
finding the scriptures about who we are in Christ. 144 different times the New Testament uses the phrase like in Christ, in Him, of Him, of whom, by Him, through Him, through whom, of, of Christ. All these different things. And, and if I will take time to submit myself to that. See, it's, it's about authority. It's, it's not about just me saying things. It's about my authority. And learning to submit myself to the authority of the word. I'll, end, I'll try to end with this. I used to tell my kids all the time. I would say, if you don't listen to my voice, you'll never listen to God's voice. And they, they, in the beginning, they would just kind of look at me. This word is God speaking to you. Amen. And if I won't obey this, then anything else he asked me to do, I can't do, I won't do, because I'm not submitted to this authority. Anything I see in the Word, now this is important, I'm authorized to walk in and operate. Anything I see, I have the authorization by God to walk in it and operate in it, but I can short-circuit that authority if I don't submit to the overall authority of the Word of God. And and I'll close with this. Many are trying to serve God independently. They've never been under authority. And and you'll just, God has no lone rangers. Nobody's just out there doing it on their own. When, When you do that, you fail to submit to the authority of God. Because that's, that's, why Christ, that's why Christ ordained the local church as His body. He said, I'm the head. You're the body. All right? What, what, whether you know it or not, your, your head doesn't go where your body goes. Your body goes where your head goes. Amen. And if, if I'm not submitting myself to the authority of the word, then I can't expect to operate in authority. And that's what Jesus said consistently. He said, you can't understand this because you won't honor me as the one the Father sent. And when you disrespect me as his authority, you disrespect him. And and that that was the issue with the devil. He disrespected God's authority and he disrespected God. And, and that was ultimately the sin that, that got him cast out of heaven and lost his position forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up tonight, shall we? I believe you got something out of that.